Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Daily Records Off The Record podcast with me, David McCarthy and Keith Jackson as we once again delve through our contacts book to bring you the biggest names in Scottish football to talk about the biggest stories in Scottish football over the years. Today we are speaking to a man who has been one of the biggest influences on our game, both as a player and a manager, since the early 80s when he was part of the Aberdeen team that conquered Europe. He scored for Scotland at a World Cup, played for English giants Leeds and Manchester United and embarked on a managerial career that saw him return to his Scottish roots in 2005 to follow in Martin O'Neill's footsteps as manager of Celtic. Three league titles, two league cups, and a Scottish Cup and the last 16 place in the Champions League later, he left for Middlesbrough before heading back up the road again to manage Scotland in 2013. Oh, two... <laughs> two last 16 places in the Champions League. Back to back. Back to back. <clears throat> OK. Uh, before heading back up the road to manage Scotland in 2013, before leaving his post four and a half years later, he's still involved in the game as technical director at Dundee and can be found most Saturday mornings watching the club's flourishing academy, Kids in Action. I know, because I've seen them. A very warm welcome to Gordon Strachan. <laughs> Good day. How are you? Hello again. Hello, Hello again. again. <laughs> I see you've still got on the same clothes as last week, and so have we. Well, I was going to put a tie on. By the way. Here on for a week. By the way, this this what career. Do you get aerosols for ninety six hours now. <laughs> you think this has gone on a long time? Your career has almost been fifty years. Oh, it's I astonishing. Know. I know, and most of it's been sitting in front of you too. <laughs> <laughs> Just the enjoyable bit. There we go. <laughs> I gone see before, and I, I only know this from Wikipedia. I don't think we've ever discussed it, but I don't know if you've seen your own Wikipedia page, but before. <laughs> Before it all starts, before you sign for the D, before you get the move to Aberdeen in 77, there's a line in there that, that, that nearly didn't start at all because of an eye injury that you picked up playing football at school. Is that factually correct? Did that happen? How, how, how close did it get to never being able to have a career? <laughs> well, when I did it, I thought, oh, Jesus, I'm at a problem here. But I never thought about playing. I just wanted to play football. Right. Um and yeah, I'm half blind in one eye. Is that right? Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. But how so did it fortunately, happen? I can only see David. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real problem. <laughs> no, no, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I was playing, going from one class to another. You see a ball, right? I'll kick a boot, show everybody how good it is. But I stumbled and fell. And my hand went on the the, uh, the ground with a pen and I fell. My head went right on the pen and it went to shoot to the back of my eye and nicked the optic nerve. And uh, <laughs> so I went to the headmaster, typical in the eight days. I went, by the way, there's one bone for my eye here. <laughs> and he says, so I can go home. He went, no, just have a lie doing the settee for a bit. So I had to lie. Go to the medical room. No, I didn't even have a medical room. So uh, I went, eventually went home and they took me to hospital. I was in the hospital for about two and a half weeks. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it's, it's never been a major, there's a couple of things that makes a problem, but when I went to Man United, because I've always turned my back on the ball, because I always didn't want anything hit my eye, because I knew fine well if I was to have a half of it, I might be in trouble here. But I didn't really think about it during the game, unless it was in a wall. And I went to Man United, and Ron Atkinson says, right, we might, you know, it's like, right, kid, you can go in the wall. Then I went, two things, I'm small and I'm a coward. So there's no point in putting me in the wall. <laughs> right? <laughs> so... So that was that. So I go, what's up with you? And I said, I've got something wrong. All right, okay. So he put me somewhere else. And then the other big factor is when I went to Leeds, if you can remember rightly, when I went to Leeds, I um, it was a wonderful deal. And it was it was a great deal for my family. And I thought, this must I must get through this um, medical. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember rightly, he's at Hartford had a medical at Leeds and he had a heart problem. Okay, so yeah, the, the, the Leeds thing was so strict and... Uh, strenuous uh, medical. It was over two days, and uh, my eye test come along, and uh, so my, my my good eyes. This one, uh, mm-hmm. so I had to put this in my bad one. So I read the A B C D da 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 da, and the guy says, "Right, change." I went, "Okay." So I just changed, <laughs> and I read it. He went, "That's perfect." I went, "Thank you." And we at the door, and he become one of the best mates actually. This lad. Um, so uh, yeah, I had that, but I got started. It's never, I've never, it's never really been a problem as such. No, mm-hmm. well, incredible. But I mean, you know, had had a split millimetre left or right, and I yeah, I'm not having this conversation just now. I guess you know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, blast! There's always a downside. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, by you know, you, you, you've, you've cut your teeth in at Dundee, Gordon. I, I guess the, the big moment, big first really big moment is the move to Petaudry. And I think it was November 77, you signed for Billy McNeil. Mm-hmm. And obviously the club's going places at that point. Uh, and within a year, you're joined by Alex Ferguson. Billy's gone back to Celtic. The last, Alex yeah. becomes the manager. And, you know, it's a chapter in the club's history that it's just, it's never going to be surpassed. I mean... Yeah, what was and we're coming up to a very important anniversary, obviously of of 1983. You'll be like a big part of the club's celebrations. I mean, you just must look back on that as almost like a real life fairy tale we've been involved in. At the time, I'm guessing it just felt perfectly natural, but you know, looking back now, it's it's ridiculous. What happened? Yeah, and you got to remember that. Um, at that period of time, which I would say. You, People might disagree. Maybe in the sixties, where um, Celtic won 
the um, European Cup for the first time, which was tremendous. Rangers got to a final early 70s. They got a final as well in the 60s as well. Mm -hmm. um, but in the 80s, first of all, when I got to Aberdeen, we thought it was uh, it was uh, hunky-dory. I was useless for a year. I mean, absolutely minging. I was, <laughs> I, I was the one, you know, when they're naming out the team and the, you know, when the team comes up, number six, Wally Muller, number seven, Gordon Swank, oh, God, Jesus Christ. I'm like, you, know, <laughs> you get that mumbling sound, which I've always hated naming teams at that. Anyway, yeah, if, if you think about this 80s, and people think that Aberdeen dominated left, right, and centre, well, you had Dundee United and Celtic. Celtic are a right good side there. Mm -hmm. If you look at the early 80s, they won at the league twice, Dundee United won it once. And I looked it up recently, and in the, in the form guide and the, the rankings in Europe, Aberdeen were first and once and second and, and the top ten. Celtic got to eleventh in that in, in UF uh, UF rankings, mm -hmm. and Dundee United were between eleventh and fifteenth mm -hmm. at times. So okay. to win that league at that time, you had Rangers. You've got to beat two of the top teams in Europe to win mm -hmm. the league, which is phenomenal. You know, wasn't it just beating teams in Scotland? You were beating the best. Dundee yeah. United were, were um, getting to finals and beating Barcelona. Celtic yeah. were beating Dundee and, and us. And, you know, they won it twice. People tend to forget what a wonderful side Celtic had. Yeah. David Proven, Bob McStay, Aitken, you know, Charlie Nicholas. It was wonderful. That period was a, a wonderful period for Scottish mm -hmm. football. And the competitiveness was Unbelievable, and the Dundee United team, magnificent. There's a Rangers team there, who are always going to give you problems. We had to beat them a couple of finals. They're always there, so you had to you had to beat the best, some of the best teams in Europe to win the league. Yeah. <laughs> we spoke Gordon to uh, John McMaster a few weeks ago on this, and uh, he believed, uh, he still believes that that was the greatest ever achievement by a Scottish team because you've knocked out Bayern, you've knocked out <clears throat> obviously Real Madrid in the final. Um, yeah. uh, it was also been hugely complimentary as you would have to be in the Lisbon Lions and to what Celtic achieved in yes, 60. Yes, yes, yes. Is it a case of, you know, as apples and pears, you cannot compare the two of them? Um, or, you know, what, what was your, what's your thoughts on that? No, I, I think it's sometimes unfair. Because people ask me who's the best players you've played with, the best player. I just go, oh, what's the best club you've been in? Well, I don't know. I kind of <laughs> laughed all the way there. So it's unfair to, um, to try and... It's like, who's the best player? Pele, Ronaldo, they're on different... Do we really know who's the best player? I don't think so. Well, our favourite player is yeah. different from the best player. How can you judge? Yeah. How can you judge Ronaldo, Messi, Pele, Cruyff, Zidane? Really? How do we do it? It's the same with football teams. How can you how can you compare them? Which is unfortunate. What you do know is both both teams were full of characters with drive, energy, ability, with the world's best managers. Yeah. You know, that's what I do know. If you put them together and play against each other, wouldn't they know? Couldn't they T tell you? T tell me this, because I think you've hit the, the real crux of the matter here, Gordon, that you know, Sir Alex, or Alex as he was then, what was it that he was able to do 
And I know that he built this siege mentality and it's the West Coast media and it's this. And, and I think that was a, a really important bit of the psychology. Do you know a thing I remember from that kind of period was you guys would come down to Glasgow and your warm-up, you'd wear bright yellow hoodies. And it was, <laughs> I know, but it was almost something, there was almost something kind of quite impressive. It was very bright. Was that part of the psychology, do you think? Was that part of the, we're here... And you'll, you'll notice us, or, or am I thinking too deeply now? Because I remember I think being... you're thinking too deeply because we also had dirty brown Adidas uh, training shoes. It was just whatever the cheapest stuff that we could get. Ah. Um, so if you look at it, it was just the rubbish that was lying about that we got for all these um, Adidas. Well, they actually sent us up towels and sunglasses, uh, sun visors in Aberdeen. Sun visors. Really? <laughs> really? So we got a, a heap of nonsense. So we'd wear it just because we got it for free. <laughs> okay, well, that's dispelled a myth that was in my own head then. Yes, but the, the thing is, you, you rightly said that I'll just I'll, I'll briefly try and tell you. It, we all thought we were competitive as such, but we weren't they really. We were bad tempered, gurney, moany, wee kids. And he changed you from that into going, right, do you really want to win? Well, your whole life has to be ready to win. You have mm -hmm. to, you know, give up everything to win, and you have to be disliked to win. And you have to change your personality or mentality if you want to really win. So he mm -hmm. taught us what really winning meant. Mm -hmm. And and people said, did they drive you on? Did they da 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 da? Did you drive you on to win? No, we were just scared of getting beat. <laughs> Absolutely petrified to getting beat. That was that. The, um, the, 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 the kind of. And we high, were, high, high I suppose we could say we were bullied. You speak to Sir Alex now, you go, whoa, it was a bit rough. He went, I know, eh? <laughs> so, but it's funny that people who um, who are successful, who win, have never been bullied. How's that come about? <laughs> They've been pushed, driven, cajoled. Not one, Andy Murray's. But all seem to go bullied, but, but if you can change it into cajoled, driven, da-da. Well, about that the perfect example is after the, the 82 Scottish Cup final. You've just beaten Rangers 4-1. Oh, I left the thing. Listen, and he, he's obliterated you. I could go through the whole thing of that day. I've got to see <laughs> when, when you speak to him about it, uh, Sir Lex, and I'll keep it to the private calls, but it's, it's funny. It really is funny. And I said to him, now, I said, we're not even worried about this. It's because I thought it was, for me, it's made me laugh for the last 40 years. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, not at the time. But for 40, I think it's brilliant. I think it's history. It's wonderful that um, that can happen. <laughs> At the time, it was like, what happened here? What did, what did we just know when that? You know, you've got your winner's medal on the bus. Everybody's crying. They speak to each other. <laughs> He's just not on me. Willie and Alec. It's a funny thing about Willie and Alec. Because Big Alec, because if you remember, they said, Willie and Alec, what? McLeese and Miller won it. McLeese and Miller won it. And then you go, every time you see Big Alec, he goes, you still got that medal? Oh, I won for you. <laughs> not got a clue where it is, thank you. <laughs> was it not quite an uncomfortable bus journey back up the road? Well, to be fair, as we said, as we, but just because you usually get that up top bus, I said, well, we we'll only really need a tandem for you two. Willie <laughs> <laughs> and Alec on the tandem. Did somebody not have to go and approach him and ask him for for something on that on that journey back up to Pitodri yeah, after the Yeah, I can't even tell you that, mate. That's just too much. <laughs> <laughs>
was it the same at United, Gordon, or was it even Absolutely, worse? completely different. Just turn up on Saturday, do what you want in Man United. Um, you know, Man United. Oh, you're talking about Sir Alex? At, Aye. Oh, right. Yeah, when he comes down. Just took him a wee while to get it going there because he had huge characters there and they had their own kind of... It was like a, it was like a football party kind of atmosphere that we had at Man United, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it took him a wee while to sort that out. Once he got his own people in, all the rest of it, and he got the discipline that he needed, then they become a different, different animal. But it took a wee while to get it done, that's for sure. Um, but I bet everybody's glad now that they gave him that time to yeah. allow it to happen. Because it was that, I, I spoke recently with Archie Knox, he told me a story about um, Lee Sharp, just signed for a club, brought himself in the first week, brought himself a, a big shiny, I don't know what it was, expensive car, flashy car, and Sir Alex was raging <laughs> and got Archie Knox to go in and say to, to Lee Sharp, to get to his office, he's raging with you. <laughs> I was there when I was there when Lee signed, yeah. Right. Yeah, so he never, suffice to say, he never brought that train, that, that motor back to the training ground. No. Oh. It was great, that stuff. Oh, it was great. That's no, just no, control that freakery, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Listen, it was basically what you, I was saying to somebody because you're speaking. What, what, is, what did he want? You never, ever let your teammates down. That was a big thing. You never, ever let your teammates down. Mm-hmm. And it also, your family. There's loads of stories about that as well, but this, these are after dinner things for ages, and, uh, and it, it's more than 250 quid. Um, <laughs> so, we there's plenty there, but the discipline was phenomenal. We didn't like it, we thought it was rough, but it was the best thing that could ever happen to us. Yeah, and obviously, after United, you have an absolute Indian summer at, at Leeds, Gordon, and you won yeah. the top flight title and all that, but by this point. Your your ability to to keep on going, to keep the legs going, to keep motoring, it was it was starting to defy logic and belief. Yeah, and, and people ask you how you do that, um, and it was all doing it, as far as it was concerned at that point. It was bananas and porridge, was, uh, seaweed tablets. It was porridge. I slept in the afternoon. I did acupressure on myself. Um, as I say, seaweed tablets. Uh, wasn't much of a player, but I could swim better. Um, so, but it wasn't that. Trust me, it wasn't that. That was helping. That was that's in uh, minority games, marginal games. Marginal. But it was all done. It done the running of the sand, it, it, doing it silver nose in the Edinburgh, going to Gullin on a Sunday, run up doing the sand, run until I dropped, threw up, go again, working with Sir Alex where he come and boot you the backside if you're on your knees. Go again, uh, fate, <laughs> fate <laughs> the dance park, a fate the dear ones. Um, uh, so all that kept me going, whatever yeah. I did through my career, I always kept myself fit. And you, you go, you add to it the eating the right stuff, drinking the right stuff, sleeping at the right time, and all that kind of went on. But there's also a love of the game as well, yeah, yeah, and people who you play with keep you going. Your, your people run the boot with it, Gary Speed, David Batty, Gary McAllister. All these guys kept me going. And they kept me going because I was still an influence. The moment, it's the same as management, the moment you're not an influence, get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Did you yeah. feel at that point in your career you were playing some of your best stuff, Gordon? A different style? I thought that some of the best stuff was at that period of time. Yeah. 
Um, because it's the only place I've ever been to where people say, listen, you sign for us, we need to get out of the championship, as you call it just now, or the club's in trouble. So somebody has actually went, here, take all this pressure uh, and, and we trust you that much. And I thought, wow, I've had that really before. Uh, and, I, and my job was to get the team up and, and working with great people. Uh, it was a great experience. I loved every minute. And you're, you're right, as some of best football was in that period of time. And uh, but it was all due to the hard work that I'd done as a kid, the love of the game, and the uh, responsibility I had, but playing with good players. That's the secret mm. when you get older, it's playing with good players. Yeah. And, and in 95, Gordon, you've, you've, you've obviously moved on to Coventry again, still hitting exceptional standards as a player. But in 95, the career takes an interesting uh, twist, doesn't it? You're, the, the, you're, you're offered the chance to, to, to step into management at Coventry and, and, you know, the rest is history from that point on. Were you, did you feel at that point that that was where you wanted to go? I know well, that you'd love the, the game. Went, the reason I went to Coventry, because Ron was there and the chairman, Brian Richard, he was fantastic. And uh, they said to me, listen, come and join as a coach. Uh, but I ended up playing again as a player coach um, because I'd become an influence there. I was, I was no longer an influence at Leeds. That's why I stopped. I went to take the reserve team, but I played with them at the same time, which is a fantastic thing. I could coach them and be with them in the field. So I loved every minute of that. It was at Halifax. Then I went to Coventry because they said, come to Coventry, and when Ron packs in, you've got the job, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went there. And that worked out really well. And I really enjoyed that. It's it hard been player manager right enough, but uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, but the, but that was it. You know that that was the, the the new road that you were going to go down. That was it was it was kind of set written in the stars that management was going to be the next thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time you get to Southampton, Gordon, was that two thousand two two thousand two? I think two thousand one. Yeah. Yeah. Like two thousand one. Yeah. Your your personality started to really come out in terms of you know you you became kind of fame for. You know, what was the, can we have a quick word? Yes, certainly. Yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. <laughs> was, was that you growing into the job? Because that's the no, thing. No, that was me. First of all, I've got a sarcastic streak to me, which, which you know. And I've also, I like, I like, I like, I like people laughing. So I like to try and make people laugh. But also it's a defensive mechanism as well. When you're in an interview sometimes and uh, I say some things, you think, oh, did I really say that? <laughs> uh, but it was a, a mechanism to throw because you know fine well, it's like when you're, it, these big clubs, it's one against 40 out there. Yeah, the yeah. Flying in for everywhere. It's like being on trial. Why did you do that? Oh, just because I wanted to, you know. But, you know, um, and, you, know you see some sporty old that's never played football in his life asking about your tactics. Really? I'm asking, you're asking me that? Like, anyway. Sorry, Gordon. So, sorry, David. I forget the... Um, <laughs> so, um, the uh, it was just to throw people off sometimes. To throw them away from where it was meant to be going, right? Uh, and sometimes I think, listen, I look back and sometimes, but I've always kind of apologised to anybody I thought I'd been over the top to and things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's, but sometimes you're at a club and you just feel the whole world's against you at that point. And that it's, was amazing. Place. It's, it's, it's amazing that you know, Klopp, Mourinho, and but it's all oh, they're 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 then. They're very, very good after that, but because they're always fucking winning. 
No, try and be on the other side. It's a different thing, you know. And it's funny when they actually get beat, you can see them going, "Well, I don't like this." So you're getting yeah. it well, you know. Yeah, you can. Clock's been really prickly over the last few hours. They'll change when you're winning. It's fine. You oh, life's great. Da, 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 da. So, um, you know, so it was a kind of defensive mechanism as well. And then Gordon, obviously, the Celtic job arrives. Um, unexpected. And in a way, but I bumped into Dermot a couple of months previous, three or four months previous, and um, I'd never met him before in my life. And he said to me, listen, um, if the Celtic job does come up, because I, I, I promised my wife we, to take a break from football, which we did, we went to Europe, we always do that in, in, in Australia. And I met Dermot, and he was great. And I went, right, okay, but I never thought about that. And I didn't know why, but then I found out that... Um, uh, Martin was uh, missing to have a bit of a problem uh, and I went okay let's go for that and then I go right okay let's go that'd be great I can spend loads of money and da 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 that'd be great I thought I knew about Celtic and I got there then Peter said to me whoa just a second it's not the same Celtic as it was for the last four years we need to cut back on this we need to cut the wages we need to do that and I went alright okay <laughs> that's fine but anyway uh, it ended up fantastically well, yeah. Yeah, but but when you talk about, you know, pressure situations, you've gone and you've taken over from Martin O after the job that he's just done. Yeah. He's got in a European final. Your first European match was Bratislava, which didn't go particularly well. Yes. I remember, I remember you telling me that your watch had stopped at the press conference after the game. You so said the balls had stopped. Oh, and then, you know, as I said to somebody, I said... You know, on my, my, my headstone, on top of my grave, it'll, it'll have, this is still better than Bratislava. You know, <laughs> this is, what a night that was. Everything could go wrong. Even the training before it, there's people missing training because they thought they could go and speak to other clubs. And what you did? Oh, I, I, I can speak. No, you can't. Eh? You have to be in training. Nobody knew Paul Telford. He just turned up two days before. Um <laughs> Chris Sutton, he broke his jaw within 20 minutes. Lenny ran into him. Um, so <laughs> everything that went wrong could possibly go wrong. Um, but that's when Dermot uh, uh, come down after the game. Went, Don't worry about it. It's never a problem with me. You'll, no see, you'll only see me when you're in trouble. And uh, he was right. You know, when I needed help, he was there. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic chairman owner and when he needed help and when I needed defending he would be there which was great to recover from that start to go on and win the title and, and you know lay the foundations that you did Gordon that that's an achievement in itself wasn't it that was that was an achievement in management alone just that first season yeah yeah um and uh yeah but as I said the best thing I ever did was get Tommy to uh join me and, mm -hmm. and make me understand the whole Celtic thing that the mentality of the supporters and everything else, that was the best thing. So, matter of fact, um, even if I'd lost and got the sack after whatever it was, a year, uh, I would still met Tommy Burns, as you know, one of the nicest people yeah. you can ever meet. So that was a huge bonus. And actually getting beside me, and again, he's another two years worth of material if he mm -hmm. speaks speak about Tommy, because he was... He was incredibly funny, just at the wrong times. You know what I mean? He was, uh, 
and if you've ever got two hours I'll sit and talk to you about them one night but it was uh, it's uh, it, it, I would like I, I wouldn't have liked to you know live my life if I thought I didn't get the Celtic job and missed that you'd probably say well that's only one regret in, in life would be not being the Celtic manager but I, I, I managed to get that job and and um, did reasonably well and then, Gordon, just to, you know, talking about boxes to tick, Scotland manager. That's, uh, I mean, that given what you'd done as a player, to then have the pride involved in managing your country. I mean, that it's almost bingo at that point, isn't it? You've you've almost crossed over. It's, no? um, it's, uh, it was perfect for me at the time. I didn't want to do the full management thing. I still like the coaching. I still like the day, and I'll probably end up going out the other day doing some stuff uh, with the younger players. Uh, it was perfect for me. I worked with a great bunch of players. I thought they were terrific. And if you didn't like them, you never picked them again. It was great. Maybe some <laughs> didn't fit the system or something like that. You go. So you, you, you've all got this. Somebody on a four-year contract, you can't get rid of it at a club. You just go bang. See you. You're not back again. Um, so it was great. And the intensity. And I worked with these guys. And I loved the way they worked. We tried a couple of things, we changed the system a few times. I still believe that Scotland had been beating players and things like that. Matter of fact, my, my problem, my, my biggest downfall is that I want to manage a team that I like watching, I like playing, you know. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not so good at going, right, occasionally all day when you're playing against the, the AC Milan's or something like that. I ain't getting out now. Right, fine. I'll try and do that. But even then, I still want to have a bit of flair in it, you know. I still have to have the your Maloney's or this and that in the team and the boys that can take people on. Um, so that's probably one of my weaknesses. Probably that I want it, you know, I want to see football as a manager that I like watching. So mm. that was one of probably my downfalls, is if there was one. But I was quite pleased by a lot of the stuff that went on. Yeah. And I've got to say that on the five years there, we never had one ounce of trouble behind the scenes with the players, mm-hmm. not one. Yeah. They were a great bunch to work with. Stevie always says um, that he initially found the transition to uh, not having the boots on the grass every day in life, uh, yeah. um, to you know working with players once every three months, sort of thing for maybe yeah. very short, intense periods. Did you find that as well? Was it was that a, was that no? I enjoyed it because I had, no? I had, I had many years of being every day, David, every day, yeah. every day, and, and dealing with players' problems every day. You know, um, the intention and, and dealing with them. You, you very rarely got players' problems when they come along as well, because you've got as a manager deal with the problems on and off the pitch. With there, yeah. it's probably just you, you, you're ending up, anybody expecting you at the, the international feels good about themselves. Mm-hmm. But when you're at a club, there's usually about three or four players that you have to keep talking to, deal with, there's a problem yeah. with, then you coach and things like that. So this was perfect. And, and you know, and if there's a player you have to deal with, it's, Normally, clubs you've got one or two problem players that you have to deal with, spend times. As I said to you, international, if they're a problem, they're not coming again because you're affecting yeah. the squad. And so, you're generally dealing with a lot of people that were great people. You know, yeah, you around there, he snoddy was there, all the people like that. They were, they were smashing these, he was great fun. They were all Barry Barnum was wonderful, a funny kid, great technique. The wingers that were there, Ketch Yanya were there at the time. Smashing and brought in the younger players like Robertson and, and to see him develop in Robertson and Tierney, wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, I, I look at it, Gordon, and you could see the clear progress that was being made. And, and 
we were getting there. But you, but you now look, I think Stevie Clark's done a great job to get us back. But I'm looking at the talent pool he's picking from. We, You were picking guys that were playing in the second tier of English football. If we had players playing in the second tier of English football, that was probably going to be good enough. That was, that, well, that, was as, that was as high as it went for us. Whereas now you're looking at Arsenal, Man United, yeah. you know, Billy Gilmore was at Chelsea, Andy Robertson at Liverpool. It's, it's the the calibre of player has gone up uh, uh, an incredible level. Yeah, through. also, yeah, yeah, I can say that. But Steve, Stevie's been more pragmatic, which uh, uh, the three centre backs and 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 and, and full backs as as uh, and as, as again <laughs> start with us. Uh, there is a more physical presence in the team. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, the, there's no doubt about that, which is great. So, Steve, Stephen, I think it's, it, Steve took the base of a, a good group of lads and well-organised group of lads, and, and he's got his own way of doing it, and it's more pragmatic, um, which is great. It's worked out fantastic for him, and uh, really pleased, with, especially with the bunch of lads that I, that I work with are still there. John McGinn, yeah, just... Unreal. You can't go wrong with people like that, you know. You know, people, the humility has, and if you look at these good players, they have humility. Mm-hmm. And if you have humility, then you'll be able to understand that you can get better. If you do not have humility, you're not going to get any better. No. So that's why John, John McGinn, uh, I'll tell you the story I picked him, and I'll try and leave it at that because I've been on here too long. Um, I went to see under 21s that I had a spare week. Uh, I'll, go and, I'll go and watch under 21s there training. So they were over, I was staying in Mar Hall, they stayed over in the place across the water. We come to Mar Hall. First of all, I was there at nine o'clock. Then I got a call at half nine. We're not coming this afternoon. Uh, seven players are suffering from stiffness. You what? <laughs> stiffness. It's, it's a Monday morning. That's party, you know, that's party. So we're saying at half three. Oh, the stiffness is gone at half three. <laughs> really? So I'm wasting, right, okay, so... Eventually, they come across at half three, and the bus arrives. And you've got to walk about 300 yards to the training field. It's, 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 mm. it's a fantastic training area. Um, so the bus arrives. So I've seen all the players come off with the headphones and all the rest, and they head off down to the, the training field. So I, I see a physio, and the, the players walk past his physio or a massage guy, what the massage, and he's picking up the mannequins, and he's picking up bags, and he's like, it's like Buckaroo. He's got everything on his back, this pair of lads. You know, as players walking by him. Then I see walking around the corner comes John McGinn. And John goes, right. And he picks up four mannequins. It was quite heavy. And he starts and he takes some stuff off the lad. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I like that. He's looking yeah. after other people. Where the rest went, I'm off. John McGinn went, and I thought, that says a bit about him. Yeah, he's got That says a bit about him. He's generally interested in helping people. And I think that's it, you know, um, yeah. that's the story of John McGinn. And that's why John McGinn is where he is right now. His ability, he's got better. His strength is always there. But he had this humility um, that makes him what he is today. Brilliant, mm-hmm. Gordon. Listen, I know we've taken you way too long. I, I'm, I'll... Uh... I'll ice <laughs> myself for that. But uh, listen, that was an hour well spent. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much.